Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, please. And if you'd find the 18th verse. I think I'm going to read from the New International Version. 1984. So what's the difference? (laughs) A lot. In the book of Mark, the current version, NIV version, removes all the places it says immediately. It's just some things that are, you said like, I, I have a recent NIV. It's, it's all right. Matthew 1, verse 18. And then we're going to go to Luke 1, verse 35. Then we'll go to Luke 2. And uh, be concluded in our text that we're going to read as we continue in a series on faith. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together. does, does, Does that need any definition? Very good. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Because Joseph, her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to his son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angels of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Go to the book of Luke. We're looking at a composite of the testimonies of what we call the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, verse 35 through 38. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Let's all say that. For no word from God will ever fail. Wow. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. 
Then the angel left her. Go to Luke chapter 2. Find verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Go to verse 25 of Luke 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. You know what the consolation of Israel is? It's the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Then moved by the Spirit, pardon me, verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents, I just love that. I'm going to talk about it, but I just love the fact that he had this promise and the Spirit moved him to fulfill it. I just, it's just so great. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory for your people Israel. Verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet named Anna tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day fasting and praying. Coming up to him to that very moment she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child and all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Father, thank you. We love you. You're great. Move in power. Give us living understanding. Release all that's in your heart to us. Write upon the fleshly tablets of our heart. Come on, just ask God to talk to you tonight. Talk to us tonight, God. Speak to us. Give us living understanding. We won't stop you. We won't hinder you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your gifts be in operation tonight to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Encourage and strengthen, anoint each and every one these lips of clay once again, that faith would burn in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wow. What a story. I said uh, in some of the earlier services that we had this week that Christmas is the most celebrated event worldwide. There is no event like Christmas in all the earth celebrated in, in just about every single nation that there is some of which I think are 
you know, hiding the persecuted church. It's certainly not running around singing jingle bells. This t- these texts are amazing. In Hebrews 3, verse 12 and 14, it'd be worth turning there, says this. Beware, brethren, sistren, brothers and sisters, beware, lest any of you have an evil heart of unbelief depart- and in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, as long as it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we've become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. This is profound. The encouragement of the Lord comes for the reason that we can have our hearts hardened. And verse 14 says, if we continue. And uh, that, that's uh, quite a thing. So what happens if you don't continue? That means your heart could be hardened and you could turn away from the Lord. There can't be an apostasy unless there's a great ingathering and the apostasy is a great falling away. I mean, if you left Anchorage, how many of you know you're no longer there? You get in your car tonight and you drive away to go home, you're no longer at King's Chapel, 1701 North Lucille Street. But you're here now, some of you. Some of you are going to come in later. If you leave a place of belief, then you're no longer believing. This talks about here in, about encouraging one another. We all need encouragement. And these texts are profound. These testimonies, this Christmas story, testimonies that describe and in, that define, pardon me, and encourage our faith. They define and encourage our faith. In Luke 1 and 38, this is the story of Mary. And she says, may, it be fulfill, may, may your word be fulfilled. It's a marvelous moment. You say, what's so marvelous about it? She's about 13, give or take. And she didn't have to say yes. She didn't have to agree. She didn't have to, to do what the angel told her, but she did. You know, we've been talking about faith. And we've been defining it and trying to make it practical and break it down for you because if you don't break it down, then you're never going to walk in supernatural power. And for many years in my life and my wife's life, you know, faith was sort of this mysterious thing. And we could quote Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is confident assurance of what you cannot see, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it's like, I can quote that. But many times as I've spent time with people, even people in the Lord a long time, they don't really know what that means. So you could say you have a car. Do you have keys, Brother Haggerty? You could say you have a car out in the parking lot, right? Do you have a car in the parking lot? you got a vehicle in the parking lot? Are these the keys to your vehicle? It's a GM product. Hallelujah. Does this start your vehicle? All right. So you can define faith. And know that if there's a vehicle out there that turns it over and starts it, it's got four-wheel drive, got music in there. I know you got music in there. Right? This turns the car over, and, and then you got to stick it and drive. you got to get going. You can understand faith, and you can have the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven. Whatsoever be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. But if you never learn to stick the key in the ignition, turn it over, put it in reverse, back up, don't hit anybody, put it in drive, adjust your mirrors, and get going down the highway, you're never going to see miracle power. Many people can define it, but it's a mystery of how that, how that happens. Yeah. 
Faith many times requires us to just surrender. Mary surrendered to the will of God. Mary surrendered. You know, we, I don't really like that word. Surrender. We're very proactive. You know, faith without, without works, faith is dead. I mean, you got to move forward. It requires action. But there's times where you're understanding. I've said this before. Reason is the guillotine. Hey, welcome home, soldier. You are still serving, right? Welcome home. He's like, is he talking to me? Yeah, talking to you. We're proud of you. Surrender. Mary had, Mary had to surrender. I've found times in my life when the Lord says, you're, this thing is going to happen and I want you to move forward. You move forward and your mind is like, I mean, I was standing in our building the other day and I just thought, whoa, hallelujah. Praise God. What have we done? It's huge. And then I'm reminded, you know, I was tired and I needed another cup of coffee and I just, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All five of you understand what I'm talking about. Mary had to surrender. She chose to do God's will. A lot of people think that, you, you know, it's just God's will. God's will is going to happen because it's God's will. No, that's not true. There are certain things that will happen no matter what you and I do tonight. Like, they're conditional and unconditional prophetic words. Conditional ones are... Um, when you get a prophetic word from a prophet or God speaks to you something, and it requires you obeying, requires you moving forward, requires you, right? God could have chosen, there's some other Mary, I promise. So you have to choose to do God's will. There's conditional and un unconditional prophecy. Is uh, He's coming back. How many of you know he's coming back? You backslide tonight. You could backslide all the way to hell tonight. And uh, he's still coming. Now, Mary had a choice. She chose to surrender, even though she didn't understand. And it's, it's, it's okay to not understand, and it's okay to ask. How's that possible? It's two different hearts, really. We've talked about it before with Mary and then Zachariah. Zachariah, who's the father of John the Baptist, the angel shows up, and Zachariah says, how do I know that's true? I'm old, and my wife's really old, and that ain't happening anymore. So how do I know that's true? And then, you know, Gabriel just is like, you idiot. I, I'm, I stand in the presence of God. Now, now you're, that, what? Are you serious? And he just straight rebukes him and he gives him a little bit of judgment. Says, it's gonna, you're not going to be able to talk. His name's going to be John. You're not going to be able to say anything. Now you're like deaf and dumb till you just couldn't talk. He was mute until it came to pass. Well, what was the difference between her and him saying, how is that possible, and Mary? Mary's heart was like, I don't understand that. I'm creeped out by that. Nevertheless, when you're going to move in, in the dynamic of faith, many times, it, you're, it, 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 reason, you, it's almost laughable. Do how many times around the wall and then shout and scream? Do what? Break the pitcher? Light the torch? And yell, what? Seriously right now? Dig ditches and send the worshipers out first? Yeah, Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 2020. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Faith doesn't have to make sense. 
faith and presumption. Presumption is assuming or presuming, I should say, what God said. Faith is obeying what God said, what God's word is. So she had a choice and she, she surrendered. Joseph is the next person we looked at. There in Matthew 1, he's got a dream. I mean, he's going to put her away, with, you know, not disgrace her. And an angel comes in a dream. It's really two sides of a coin. Surrender and the other side is obedience. Surrender and obedience. Christmas faith. Mary, surrender, Joseph, obedience. And that had to be quite a thing for Joseph. And now think about this. Think about the fact that God had to trust these two people. Does that, does that boggle your mind? He had to trust two people with the birth of his son. The savior of the world. He had to trust two humans. Come on, you know. That's crazy. God can trust his son to two people and their, and their actions. God is making himself really vulnerable. No, I mean, a lot of people would disagree with what I'm saying right now, but to me, knowing that we have a free will, knowing that we have a choice, the baby comes, he had to trust Joseph to obey and say, get up right now and go to Egypt because you're in trouble. And then, and then fulfill a prophecy that out of Egypt he's called his son. I mean, it's like, it's incredible. You see this master hand of God, but in the midst of it, look, you're not a chess piece. God doesn't just move you and then that's how that's going to be. And then he moves somebody. No, you get to partner. You get to co-labor with him. And, and that to me is amazing that God would trust us to fulfill his plan. He trusts you. And some of you have aborted the plan. But you can get new marching orders tonight. You can recommit tonight. Surrender tonight. You can, you can charge yourself and commit to obey tonight. Surrender and obedience. God wants to use you. God wants to use you in ways that are beyond your understanding. He wants to use you in ways that you simply cannot understand with a finite mind. You can't, you can't, we can't see it. We, we, we prophesy in part. We see in part. God's trying to build capacity in us. Yet when he says, get up and pray right now. And I, I, I'm awakened. I, I wish I could just tell you that like, you know, my, I just want to be in his presence. And so I get out of bed at three and I just walk with him. That's not how it is. Let me tell you, when I have three o'clock prayer meetings and I have them, I don't ask for them. Some of you are like, oh yes, that's the hour. This fourth watch of the night, I'm, I'm in there. Yeah, I, I want to sleep. I, I know you're probably more spiritual than I am. I'm, let me tell you, when I'm having a three o'clock in the morning prayer meeting is when I'm lying in my bed and I'm staring at the ceiling and the Lord's like, uh, there's some trouble. I mean, I can feel it. So it's not, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, when you turn your back on, on a crime, I wouldn't. I'd be calling 911. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. So when I am awakened at three, and it's not always trouble. Sometimes it's, uh, it's the, the joy of the Lord of different things. But mostly I'm praying at three in the morning because I don't have peace. And my wife is purring away, which I thought about recording and bringing that and playing it. 
when she stepped out of the room like right, like right now. But it probably wouldn't work out. I might get coal in my stocking. Anyway, she's purring away, and, uh, and I, I, have to, I get up. I get up, and I have, to pray, I have to pray through. It's not like I've just, I don't know, I've just learned to, like, there's a lot in the balance. So what about the times when I didn't get up or you didn't get up? What about the times when God spoke to you, and you're like, I'm not sure that's the Lord. Well, what if Mary did that? I mean, granted, she had an angel, and she got overshadowed, and she's pregnant, so, I mean, this is a little intense. What about Joe? Yeah, come on. What, what, what about Joseph? What God wants to do through you, through me, through us corporately is beyond anything you could imagine, exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all we can ask or think or imagine. So God speaks to you, be a part of the ushers, and you're just like, no, nah, I don't want to be an up and being made an usher. So I'm back. What if somebody falls on me during one of those prayer times? <laughs> God speaks to you to be a life group leader, but what, what could happen if you follow through on that there, Joseph? Simple acts of surrender and obedience bring forth the kingdom. And I, I'm, I think back on my life at times when it was, it didn't seem like that big a deal that I would surrender and obey. And then you play that out over years. And I could think back to that moment. I'm going, whoa, it's a good thing I obeyed. Simeon and Anna is, to me, a picture of perseverance. Their story is not often told at the Christmas season, but to me it's, it's pretty special. And it, it talks about with Anna, she never left the temple. I mean, think about that. It does say that. It says she never left. I mean, where'd she eat? How, how did that work? I mean, she, she never left. Does that mean she like slept there? Well, it does say she never left. She's there day and night, and then she's fasting. Wow. A fasted lifestyle, day and night, praying that she would see, you know, God's raising up Anna's. There's an Anna anointing, an unction, a mantle of Anna, if you will. It's upon this house. Some of you are Annas in this place. You just can't wait. Your wife's an Anna. Like literally lives to pray. That's what the, that's, if anything Minister Jan would want to do, it would be pray. Just be like, come to the prayer room and pray. All day, all night. Worship, pray in the spirit, pray, worship, pray in the spirit. Take a break, come back, do it again all day, every day. That's what she would like to do. And she's moving towards it. That's her, her dream. We're going to do that. What's going to happen? We're going to have a church that never closes, a 24-hour prayer center. Can you say, can you imagine at three in the morning when someone wants some prayer, they're just, you know, going to get up and just, I'm just going to go down to King's. They can go pray and get in there and there's 50 or 60 people and a worship team playing and just go in and seek God for about four or five hours and see the battle turn at the gate and see God release his blessings and you just draw closer to him, more in love with him. The Anna anointing. It's a, a picture of perseverance. Widowed. Married, then widowed, and she gave herself to prayer and fasting. Both her and Simeon, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Moved by the Spirit. 
You know, we have so many instant gratification. There's so much instant gratification uh, in the world today. And I've found myself frustrated at times. Anybody else found yourself frustrated because you just didn't happen, right? When you said you wanted it to happen. I mean, some of you roll up to Mickey D's and it's like they took like three minutes longer, like for the love of God. <laughs> Go to Starbucks drive-thru and you're like, I mean, did you have to pick the beans or something? Is that why we're waiting so long? I mean, you're only there like, I mean, really. Microwave ovens. I did some laundry today. I, I don't usually do laundry. <laughs> My wife hasn't figured it all out yet. So I'm fixing to get at least a thousand points for doing that. Amen. As long as I didn't ruin the laundry, hallelujah. But I learned, don't touch her laundry. If I do mine, it's all right. Touch hers. Definitely getting coal in the stocking. Do you know what it took to wash clothes a hundred years ago? Do you, do you know what it took? I mean, you, come on, they didn't Maytag. The Maytag man wasn't even born yet. hundred years ago. Come on, you had like a washboard, you know, or a rock? Huh? A rock. Forget it yet. You know how long it takes to make your own soap? Hello? Want to have a steak? You got to go out and shoot it first. <laughs> Man, we just walk right into the store like. <laughs> Instant gratification. I'm just going to tell you, the kingdom of God does not work that way. And if you get in your mind that, you know, the Lord's just going to come through right now. I mean, it didn't take you six months to jack your life up. Now you're in Christ for a year and you're like, where's all the blessings? I mean, God can do a lot in a year. But he's a, it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. And Simeon added to me or a picture of perseverance. How many of you know God's going to bring about every prophetic word? Right. How many of you know some of them might be in the millennial reign? I can't find theology to, def to, defute, to, to def refute that. When you get a prophetic word, is it possible that that's coming about later on? So not this one, because it said next week. Okay, I understand. But I mean, some of them, right? The shepherds. The shepherds, two things they did. Go tell it on the... Over the hill and go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Anyway, they confessed, they, they witnessed. You know, when the Lord touches your life and you give your life to him, you surrender and you begin to obey uh, and, you, and you persevere. There's also an aspect of sharing your faith. You know, I'm so proud of John Duke, who was in the room at some point. There he is. What's up, John? Welcome home. John just got back from uh, doing a series of meetings in Oregon, and God used him 
and taught people how to win people to Jesus and preached and had a great time. We're proud of you. John got raised up in this house and he's an evangelist and he travels around. You know, to an evangelist, and, and we, you and I have talked about this, to an evangelist, somebody that doesn't witness and share their faith, it's insanity. It's like, to an evangelist, like, obviously backslidden. I mean, obviously, obviously don't love God. I mean, like, like what's wrong? Because an evangelist, whoa. I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> to an evangelist, wow, I'm like spitting everywhere, sorry. To an evangelist, it's just crazy to think that people wouldn't share their faith because that's a, a gift that God put on you. But listen, whether you're, you have the gift of the evangelist or, uh, or some of the other gifts of the Spirit, all of us are supposed to share our faith in some way. And that's just that, these shepherds. Come on, they, they, they confessed and talked about the Lord. I can't wait to preach to you on Sunday. It's a revelation that I've been preaching for about four years now. It just never gets old to me. And uh, we'll preach that on Sunday morning. You don't want to miss that. But the shepherds to me are a picture of confessing and witnessing. The, the wise men. The wise men is a picture of sacrifice. The wise men are a picture of sacrifice. So what's God saying to us? One, be encouraged. Be a person of faith. Be somebody that surrenders. Be someone... Uh, be someone that obeys. Be a person of faith. Be someone that, that perseveres. Be, 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 be like Joseph. Be, be like Mary. Be a person of faith and encourage one another. Encourage your, yourselves. Be encouraged by God's word. Be encouraged that God trusted these to bring forth his amazing plan. And commit yourself to grow in faith. Commit yourself to learn the word. You know, an amazing thing happened. I, I, um, I, I can't pronounce his name. It's a uh, pastor from the 1800s in Scotland. And it's Robert Cheyenne, is that right? McShyan, McShaney, McShaney, McShaney. Uh, a great revivalist, really. And he came up with a Bible reading plan that brings you through the Old Testament once and the Psalms and the New Testament twice in one year. And I was reading through reading through this presentation that he, that he gave to, um, to his church. You know what? I think I'm going to pull it up right now. And I was moved by it because it's just, it's completely different than anything you've ever heard about. This isn't some old English, but, but I'm, I'm going to touch on some of this because this, this shows you it's a letter and a Bible plan that he gives to all of his people that are a part of his church. And this is from like 18, the date's on here. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. 1800s, early 1800s. Hey, my brother, is that my brother? My brother's on. That is so awesome. Oh, why? Just hold on a second. I'll tell you what's awesome about that. Because my brother wouldn't stop telling me about Jesus and I'm talking about witnessing right now. He would not stop. I thought he was in a cult. Had this Bible that was, could choke a moose with it. Remember John? In Oyster Bay, Long Island. I stayed with him. My life was in shambles and he 
read his Bible, it's got all these colors and underlining. And he's always happy. Told me I need to give my life to Jesus. I owe you a debt of love, John. And I pause in the midst of this glorious congregation to tell you that I love you and you're amazing. Thank you for witnessing to me. Oh, Aki, come on. No, no golf clap up in here. Come on. Ah! I was like, pull it up, and he texts me and says, it's, it's phonetic. It's, it's McShyan. But I, I still I don't think I can pronounce it right, but that's okay. I'm glad I can spell my own name. Listen to this. Dear flock, the approach of another year stirs within me the new desires for your salvation and for the growth of those who are saved. God is my record how greatly I long after you, the bowels of Jesus Christ. With the coming year is to bring forth who can tell. He goes on to write, it's this incredible this incredible letter talking about the advantages of reading the whole Bible through Old Testament, New Testament. I fear many of you have never read the whole Bible, yet it is all equally divine. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man and woman of God may be perfect. If we pass over some parts of Scripture, we shall be incomplete Christians. Whew. Wow. Oh, this is good. Parents will have regular subject upon which to examine their children and servants. It is much desired that the family worship. We are made more instructive than it generally is. The mere reading of the chapter is often too like water spilt on the ground. Let it be read by every member of the family beforehand and then the meaning and the application drawn out by simple question and answer. The calendar will be helpful for this. This is this Bible reading calendar that he, that he gives. And I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you his. I'm, we're going to use his. He talks about reading the Bible and then uh, separately. But then when you come together at meals to talk about it, bringing application. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you talk about biblical application at your dinner table. Because... I'm embarrassed to say that we don't do it nearly as much in my house. So I can't imagine that maybe the Haggerty's probably do. You know, I'm just saying, some of you. We would not have the kind of problems in our nation that we have right now if, if the Bible was studied at homes and read. It was so boring. No, it's not boring. No, no, you gotta, you gotta make it exciting. He said, well, it's, it's, that's hard. No, it really isn't hard. It really isn't. Just got to discipline yourself to do it. I'm talking about having Christmas faith. Christmas faith and being encouraged. Come on, faith comes by hearing and hearing by 
and hearing by and hearing by and hearing by and hearing by the Word of God. If you've got to get the Word deep down in the city of your soul, you've got to learn to think the Word. You've got to learn to speak the Word. You've got to let the Word of God be the standard and, and the, 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 the rule of faith, the Word of faith. Come on, some of you, some of you. God's trying to bring you to a place, but you keep turning to your Xbox 360 or back to your phone. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Be encouraged. Let this be the greatest year of your life. Let this year, this coming year, be the greatest year ever. Read, read the Christmas story to your kids. Talk about it. And they'll ask you questions like, how did she get pregnant, Mom? And you're like, well, never you mind. The power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't understand that. That's right. Come on, let's pray. <laughs> and you'll get questions. You'll get questions like when I'm reading Proverbs with my eight-year-old. Dad, what's a prostitute? Let's move on to the next verse. Yeah, then nine, you're nine, ten. D Dad, what's a prostitute? That's someone who gets paid to give kisses. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. God will give you creative ideas. And God will teach you. You sing around, sing around the room. You know, worship songs. And your little three-year-old, your little three-year-old walk around, and he's four or five. And then maybe around six or seven. Majesty, worship His majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Don't you know that one? Majesty. Kingdom of... It's a train wreck. <laughs> Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, worship His majesty. Flows from his throne unto his own, his anthem reigns. So exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Magnify, magnify, come glorify. Christ Jesus, the King, oh, majesty, worship His majesty, Jesus, who died, now glorified. And 
suddenly your seven, your eight-year-old has had a revelation that Jesus was crucified for his sin. And all the crayons that he took and mashed in his sister's hair. And all the wicked sins he's done. He comes face to face with the wretchedness of his inability to share. He comes face to face with the fact that he needs a savior. That's how our homes should be. That's how homes used to be. strong we do have strong families in the church but more and more people coming in amen I'm so glad for those that have modeled what it is to be a, a godly father and a godly mother very proud of you Hannah my daughter loves Jesus, serves the Lord, getting great grades. My son, hoping to start varsity basketball. Tomorrow is his first game. Listen, you ought to be proud of your kids. Brag on them. Brag on them. And you're so pretty, too. You ever heard her sing? <laughs> Fathers dote on your daughters. She's like, Dad, she's just... <laughs> honor your sons, honor your wives, respect your husband. Let's, let's, let's just be awesome with Jesus this year. Amen. It's his word. He's the one that makes us awesome. But go, go deep in the word. Surrender like Mary. Obey like Joseph. There's some other points in there, but I had sugar yesterday. My brain's not quite working that <laughs> Lift your hands to lift your hands to heaven. <laughs> oh, we thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is Mike Sisson in the room? What's up, Mike? If you're not right with Jesus, no, I, Mike, I know you're good. If you're not right with Jesus all across this place, those online, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or you want to recommit. Or perhaps the devil lies to you and you just want to be assured of your salvation. Thirdly, you want to receive Jesus first time. You want to recommit. Number two, you want to just be assured of your salvation all across this place. You say, that's me. Those online in Illinois, in California, those that will listen in the future by podcast, those watching by way of television tonight. If that's you, don't miss this moment, this one moment right now. Give your life to Christ. 
Repent of your sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You say, that's me, Pastor. Praise God. Wonderful. That's you. You're serious. Just lift your hand now. Just an acknowledgement. You want to get right with God. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you, son. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you all the way in the back. Would you stand up on your feet? Pray this prayer right out loud, won't you? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. I ask Holy Spirit that you would come and touch right now. Fill each and every one. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Fill your precious people with your Holy Spirit. Give us a hunger for your word. A hunger for the things of God, a righteousness and fellowship. Lord, help us to walk in you all the days of our life. To be like Mary, surrendered to your plan. To be like Joseph, obedient to your word. That we would be persevering. That we would be like the shepherds. That we would confess, we would testify, we would declare. God, we would be like the wise men who sacrifice. It's a reasonable thing, considering all that you've done. We'll give you praise. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.